Jesus. We need to exalt his holy name. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I don't know. I don't know y'all. I don't know where y'all been. But I'm telling you, I've been through some stuff. And I know all of us been through some stuff. And we deserve he deserves all of our praise. All of the glory. So let's give him his glory right now in the name of Jesus. Y'all kind of slow for me. Y'all kind of slow for me. I'm just telling you about how I feel and what's on the inside of me. Amen, 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 amen. We thank God for Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. Amen. We thank God for the pastors at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. Amen. 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 All right. We're going to start with the scripture by Miss Julia Davis. Today's scripture is going to come from John 21, verse 15 through 17. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, loveth thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. <clears throat> he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, loveth thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, loveth thou me. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Loveth thou me. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Father God, I come before you once again. We want to say thank you. Thank you for your grace and mercy, Father God. Father God, this is the day you have made. We will be glad and rejoice in it, Father God. Father God, your word says you have no respect for persons, so you love all of us the same, Father God. Father God, let the word go forth for power and demonstration, Father God. So somebody can say, what must I do to be saved and change their life around and live for you? I just want to say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now we will have our welcome by Sister Shirley Jordan. Good morning. And welcome to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. We thank God for each one of you this morning. You know, God is so good, and we're here to lift up the name of Jesus and also to celebrate and to appreciate our pastor and her husband. Amen? Because truly, they are a couple that need to be uh, recognized because they're doing a great work for God, and we thank God for them. Her pastor is so supportive through the good and the, her, her husband is so supportive through the good and the bad. And, you know, I thank God for him because you don't find him like that every day. 
So we're going to move on with the service, and we thank God for each one of you that have come out to celebrate with us. And as I understand it, there will be tributes and dedications in their honor. And so just sit back and enjoy the service, and may God bless you. And again, I say welcome. Now it's time for praise and worship. This is the time that you can participate. Amen. So as Judah come forth, we're going into praise and worship. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. How many of you today welcomes the Holy Spirit when you get up in the morning? Hallelujah. Put your hand together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on. Y'all can do better than that. Come on now. Let's get your rock on. Let's get your praise on for Jesus. We're not. 
do our God. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Do our God. Praise. Every praise. Every praise is to our With one accord, every praise, 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 every praise. is the greatest man I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus is the greatest man I know. Whoa, whoa. He made the moon, stars, the land and sea. Redemptive man of authority. Jesus is the greatest man I know. Jesus is the worthy Lamb of God. Whoa, whoa. Jesus is the worthy Lamb of God. Whoa, whoa. That is why we Knowing you are God alone, Jesus is the greatest man I know. Come on, Judah, let's tell him Jesus. Jesus is the greatest man I know. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus is the greatest man I know. He made the moon, he made the moon, stars, the land, and sea. Redemptive man of authority. Jesus is the greatest man I know. Jesus is the of God. Whoa, Jesus is the worthy Lamb of God. Tell him that is why, that is why we bow before your throne. Know that you are God alone. Jesus is the greatest man I know. Whoa, he's the greatest man. Greatest man I know. Jesus is the greatest man 
Blood. Ready? 
Nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. He's the greatest man. Greatest man. I know nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. He's the greatest man. Greatest man. I know nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. He's the greatest man. Greatest man. I know nobody like our God. There's nobody like our God. There's nobody like our God. Greatest man, I know. Nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. Greatest man, I know. Nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. Greatest man, I know.
worship you. We worship you. You are here. The thin and the broken hearted. And we worship you. We worship you. You are here. Healing the broken hearted. And we worship you. We worship you. We call you. We make a miracle worker. Promise keeper. Light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. He's a way maker. We make a miracle worker. Promise keeper. Light in the darkness. Even when 
and I don't feel it. He's working. He never stopped. He never stopped working. He never stopped. He never stopped working. Even when I don't see it, He's working. Even though I don't feel that you're working, He never stopped. He never stopped working. Come on, service praise and worship amen Woo. Woo. Uh-uh-uh. every praise is to our god Woo. every word of worship on one accord Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Woo. let's go into this dance right here let's we got a dance coming up we're gonna go into dance right now Closing in Hard to believe This ain't the end I was hard pressed Broken Hopeless But then Oh, shit. 
it's hard some days to love myself. Couldn't find the words for what I felt. I was depressed, wounded, helpless. Oh, but then you called me by name, beckoned me to come. You gave me living water. You waited, 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 you waited,
God for waiting on me. Thank you, God. It reminds me, we're going to get to the, the tributes next, but it reminds me of Apostle Amanda and Brother James when I first came to this ministry. It reminds me of that, how she would take so much time. And, you know, I don't know about y'all, but you know, everybody got some foolishness with them, as Gloria said. So, even when, and I, if I didn't understand or whatever, she just look at me and smile and just shake her head. And I remember the day that I said, Apostle, I know you say I'm blessed, but I believe I'm cursed. How can I be blessed and cursed? I'm cursed, Pastor. I just cursed. And she just looked at me and she just shook her head. She said, Darlene, I know what's in you. And walked away. And I was like, well, what kind of answer is that? You know? So... So even through I don't understand and I don't, I don't get it, Pastor, I don't know, and all this kind of stuff, she waited. She waited. She continued to, to, to teach. She continued to work with me. And when I would be in one of my, you know, my little temper tandems or whatever, you know, well, I did, and I, you know how, I mean, y'all have them too. So I'm just saying, she was just looking at me and laughing. I said, why you keep looking at me laughing and shaking your head? She just looked at me and smiled. And I go on. But I learned. That taught me. And then she would say, and Brother James would use his hands, and he would say, I'm pulling something out of you. Pulling something out of you. Pulling something out of you. <laughs> so as I think back and as I listen to that song, and each one of you, she, taught, she did the same way. Because when you came, you had some junk in you. Amen. You might not want to admit it, but you have some stuff going on just like me. Okay, so now we're going to have tributes. We're going to start with Najina Moore. To Pastor Amanda and Brother James, I stand before you in the presence of God, bringing greetings from my family, the Bryants, the Bannermans, and the Moors. The both of you bring to our mind Brother John when he said, hold my mule. 
Because when he said, hold my mule, he just shouted all over. He didn't care what was going on around him. He did what he did need to do for God. So when I, we, we started with Brother James and we said that um, Proverbs 18 and 22 says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. He finds a treasure, a prudent, God-fearing woman. A wife is a treasure and an excellent thing, says the Lord. And I, we continued to talk about it, what we was going to do, because you guys are such mountains. Maybe we didn't run and come when we should, but God brought us in right on time. So our family deeply love you both, and we leave you with this today. People have come to try to tear you down. People throw bones, throw chickens. They threw everything that they can throw, but they could not tear you down. So this today is coming from Lamentations, third chapter, starting at the 21st verse. And it's coming from the voice of Pastor Apostle Amanda. She's saying, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. She kept on going, y'all. Because his compassions fails not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. She said, the Lord is her portion, saith her soul. Therefore, she did have hope in him. They both had hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. It is good that the man shall both have hope and salvation in the Lord. And our family put together this a monetary gift to thank you both and then honor you on your 21st church anniversary. Okay. The next tribute is from Miss Loretta, oh, I'm sorry, and followed by Shirley Jordan. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to you. Ooh, Jesus. Amazing God. Amazing King. Amazing everything. Amazing God, amazing King. You are God of everything. Where would I be? Without you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I can't help but think about when 
the church was tore up from the floor up <laughs> because y'all knew that he's an amazing God. Y'all trusted in him. Y'all waited on him. Y'all believed him. And my, my, my question is, why wouldn't we want to follow them as they follow Christ? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you glory. Praise God. We just thank God for our pastor and her husband. I can never leave him out. I've been knowing them ever since they've been in the world. <laughs> been knowing them for a long time. They, they just have a heart after God. And I thank God for them. And there's a song that I would like for T to play. Uh, and it says everything that I think needs to be said about her because she is truly a woman after God's heart. I've been knowing her before she knew herself, and you probably heard me say that before any of you, so I know the life that she lives, and I appreciate it. I'm not here because I feel like she's my niece and I got to go to her church. Nah, I don't live like that. I'm here because I hear the word, I appreciate the word. And it does so much for me. I can't speak for you in my life. So I thank God for her and I thank God for her husband because I tell you through the thick and the thin, he's with this woman. And every day I know is not a good day for them. So God sees and he knows. And this dedication is just for the two of you. God bless you and I mean everything from my heart. God bless you.
faithful and true the world would be incomplete without you you are two of the bravest and kindest people I know no matter what you do your love for others will always show I believe the good God made you different from the rest have you not shown me two are nothing but the best I think I know the answer to that question your love for each other and others is something I don't have to mention. We love you, Mimi Granetti. All right, you heard it all. You have heard it all. Okay. All right. Here we go. We're going to Apostle Cross and a solo. How many of us know that God uses ordinary people? He can use you. He can use you. He can use you. He can use you to get his word across. Amen. Just ordinary people God uses ordinary people He chooses people just like you and me Who are willing to do 
as he commands oh yes he chooses people who will give him all it doesn't matter how small your all may seem to you because little becomes much when you place it in the master's hands I'm going to say that one more time so you can get it just ordinary people my God uses plain and ordinary people he chooses people just like you and me who are willing to do everything God commands oh yes he does my God chooses people that will give their all oh it doesn't matter how small your all may seem to you because little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand you know there was a little boy that gave all he had just like the little lad who gave Jesus all he had all the multitude was fed with the fish and the loaves of bread and what you have may not seem like much but when you yield it to the touch of the master's loving hand then you will understand how your life will never be the same my life has never been the same since I put what I had in his hands just ordinary people my God uses plain and ordinary people he chooses people just like you and you who are willing to do what he commands yes he does my God chooses people that will give everything they got it doesn't matter how small your all may seem to you because a little becomes much point at yourself and say little becomes much Oh, little becomes much My everything I give Little becomes much When you place it In the master's hand I'm putting everything in your hands, Jesus Oh, little becomes much when we place it in the master's 
hands We place it in His That's going to be followed by a dance by Quisha Jackson. Don't know what I've been through Let me share my story with you All the things that he brought me through My stormy days and my rainy days You don't know all the tears I've cried The things I've kept Bottled up inside Trying My best to be strong Waiting on God And holding on
It's all right to get happy. <laughs> it's all right to praise God because you don't know my story. I don't know yours, but you know what? By the grace of God, we are here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just stand to your feet and we're going to open this word with prayer. Father, we just thank you. We praise you, God. We honor you today. We thank you, God, that this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you that as the word go forth, God, let it go forth in power, might, and demonstration and touch your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The scripture that... um, is the focal point is Jeremiah 3.15. And it says, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I'm going to read that again. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which will feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. God says, and you may be seated, God says in his word, I will give. God said he will give, not man. Man didn't set the pastor in place. God did it. Amen. 
And so God says, I will give. The pastors are not put in place by man, but God didn't. You know, let's look at some leaders in the Bible that God chose. God chose Moses. And, you know, I love the story of Moses because Moses stayed on his face even when the people were showing out and clowning. He always was interceding for the people even when they wanted to kill him, even when they wanted to take his place. They probably were smiling and said, yeah, Moses, we love you, Moses. And then behind his back, they were plotting for his demise. But what did Moses do? See, Moses had the heart of God, and what he did was he interceded for the people. He didn't say, God, get him. He didn't say, God, kill him. God, take him out. No, he interceded for the people. He was always interceding. If you look at Numbers chapter 16, uh, let's turn there right quick. And I always reference this because I, I love this, I love this, um, this scripture. In Numbers chapter 16, you know, Korah, he was a ringleader. And he was a Levite and he wanted the priesthood. You can read that in your time, in your own time. But Korah was a, a leader. He was a priest. He had an obligation and a duty taking care of the things of the temple, but that was not enough for him. He literally wanted the priesthood. How many people that we know, it ain't enough to be a servant. You want the priesthood. You want the pulpit. But let me tell you something. The pulpit is not a glorious place to be. Why? Because you get a lot of hits, a lot of darts thrown at you. It is not as glorious as some people think it is. Hallelujah. So Korah was a ringleader. And he wanted, he said that all of the people... Are holy. In other words, he was trying to get the people worked up to overthrow um, what Moses had did through God. But he lied. That was a lie. All of the people were not holy. If you look back in Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, and I'm going to read that. And it says, and the people grumbled and deplored their hardships. In other words, they were grumbling and telling God about everything they were going through. But what they were going through was nothing compared to where they came from. They thought they had it hard. See, the enemy had twisted their mind because they were delivered from Egypt. They were in the wilderness, but then they said, God, we got it hard. But in Egypt, they were getting beat down. They were getting killed and murdered. And, you know, they were under a hard taskmaster. But now they get delivered from what they were going through, and they forgot. How quickly will we forget? And it goes on to say, which was evil in the ears of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burned among them and devoured those in the outlying parts of the camp. See, God was fed up. Thank God for grace and mercy that he don't get fed up with us when we begin to murmur and complain and mumble, you know, against what God has already done. He's already delivered us out of stuff, but we get a little in a little spot and we think, you know what, this ain't enough. I need more. So I'm going to murmur and complain. Verse 2 says, the people cried to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire subsided. That just, you know, that right there really grabbed me, because it wasn't Korah that prayed to God and the fire subsided. It was the leader that prayed to God, and everything that was going on with the children of Israel, it says, according to the word, it stopped. We have a leader today that I know has an audience with God. And when the woman and man of God pray, I know they shake heaven. They prayed me through some stuff. And I know I have some stuff going on. How about y'all? I know y'all have some stuff going on. I ain't the only one up in here that has some stuff going on that I needed some help with. 
Verse 3 said, he called the name of that place Taborah or burning because the fire of the Lord burned amongst him. Now listen to this. It goes on to say, and the mixed multitude among them, the rabble and those that followed Israel from Egypt began to lust greatly for familiar and dainty food. And the Israelites wept again. See, they just, some of them just got wiped out. They just got killed. But they had a leader that began to intercede. And here they go all over again, whining and complaining and said, who will give us meat to eat? Now, one thing I want to bring up is we have to be mindful of those that are following you. If you don't affect them to the kingdom, guess what's going to happen? They are going to infect you with the world. I'm going to say that again. Be mindful of those that are following you. See, when the children of Israel came out, they came out with the mixed multitude. They got infected in their mind by what they had going on, and it literally affected and infected the children of Israel to murmur and complain because they wanted the dainties. They wanted, you know, all that stuff. And I remember about a month ago, I went on a 30-day fast from the TV. Why? Because the news and the drama and all the negativity and this, that, and the third was going on on TV, and it began to affect my spirit. And I said, you know what, God, I can't be in a place with you, but I'm paying so much attention to what's going on on the various news stations that I cannot hear what you're truly saying. See, if we focus on things that are not of the kingdom of God more than we're focusing on the word and what the kingdom is saying, we'll begin to gravitate in our minds to what is being said, and then that will literally become our truth and our reality. So we have to be careful. And Moses was a great leader. He went to God on behalf of the very ones that was accusing him of killing people when it was the people and their issues that brought upon themselves the repercussions of what they'd done. Now, how many of us know, and doesn't that happen today? We get in mess, we get in drama, we get in turmoil, we stir up stuff, and then we get, uh, get the smack down, and then we want to blame the leader because we did it. We want to blame somebody else, but it's what we did that's causing our issues. We can't blame anyone else for our issues but us. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, when you go to Numbers chapter 16, again, it talks about Korah and what he did and all of that. And, you know, he got the people uh, all engaged with wanting to overthrow Moses. You know, he began to accuse Moses. We know that the earth opened up and swallowed up, you know, the people. And then uh, 250 uh, children of in the congregation, excuse me, elders, they were consumed as well. Now, when you look at that, you know, one of the things he said that, that Korah was saying, God is here and we're all holy. Okay, but just because God is in the church, God is in the house, it don't mean that everybody in the house is holy. It just means that we're up in here under grace and mercy because God has saved us and he's still doing the work. He's doing a work in us, but that don't mean that everybody that come through the door is holy. Just like it was with uh, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, the elders, and all the mixed multitude, they was all there under that leader, but it didn't mean everybody was right. Some of them was murmuring, complaining, whining, trying to infect what God was trying to do. In Numbers chapter 16, Korah, Dathan, Abiram all died. The earth opened up, swallowed them up. 250 elders in the congregation, fire from heaven came down and consumed them. And then the next day, everybody say the next day. The next day, do you know what happened? 
They got up after God judged them. Now, we're talking about having a good leader that's looking out. We got some good leaders that look out. Amen? We really do. The next day, they got up after they saw it. Now, you know Moses didn't open up the earth. You know that Moses didn't uh, shoot fire from heaven. That was God. That was God judging them for what they did. But on the next day, they got up and they was at it again. Moses, you did it. When did Moses didn't throw hell stones from heaven? Moses didn't get a plow and crack the earth open and then it swallowed them back up. Moses did not do that. It was as a result of the disobedience and rebellion of the people. Why that happened? But the next day, when they got up, they began to whine and murmur and complain and say, Moses, it's your fault. God got mad again. And he began, he sent out a death plague and he was going to kill them all because he was fed up with the people not receiving what he had provided for them. Then Moses began to intercede. Now, when you have a heart for God, when you have the heart of God, when God is getting ready to judge the leader, feel it. Oh, God, you know, and begin to intercede. That's what Moses did. What did he tell Aaron to do? He told Aaron to run, go get that fire pan, and get in between the wrath of God and the death plague. Amen? But before he could get there, now see, I, I can just see Aaron running as fast as he can with that fire pan because he knew that something was going to happen to the people, but God had put a leader in place that said, you know what? I don't care what you say about me. I'm going to intercede because your soul is at stake. And so what happened was Aaron was running. Can you see him running? as fast as he could with that fire pan to get in between the death plague. They had already left heaven, and it was coming. And it hit 14,700 people before the plague was stopped. Look at all the lives were lost because murmur, complaining, and wanting to have it your way. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Where would we be today if it wasn't for grace and mercy? Where would we be today if we began to murmur and complain against our leaders? And if, the, if it wasn't for grace and mercy, we'd all probably be ink spots on the ground somewhere. Thank God for Jesus. But Moses, he knew it. He had a heart for God. So he walked close to the Lord and he knew what was going on. See, an effective leader will have their ear to the mouth of God. Not to the mouth of the people, not to the mouth of the television, not to the mouth of science, not to the mouth of this, that, and the other. They have their ear close there to the mouth of God. So when God is speaking, everything else is shut off. I know what you say. I know what I see, but I know what the truth is. Everybody say that. I know what you say. I know what you see, but I know what the truth is. Amen. Do you know what the truth is? Hallelujah. So that scripture, Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. We're not talking about worldly knowledge. We're not talking about intellectual knowledge. We're not talking about the understanding of scientific equations and, you know, algebraic equations and all that. We're talking about the knowledge and understanding of the kingdom of God, which supersedes all of that. And if we don't have the knowledge and understanding of the kingdom of God, we'll fall for anything. 
We'll fall for anything. This day we can't be falling for stuff. So Moses was chosen. He was chosen as a deliverer of an entire nation. Can you imagine the gravity and weight of someone being responsible for over a million people? Can you imagine the gravity and weight of our pastors being responsible for this flock? It's heavy because God demands an answer at the end of the day. And the buck stops up here. (laughs) And that's why our leaders have their ear to the mouth of God and not to the mouth of man. And we have to keep it that way. Now, you know, as a leader, Moses, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who lived on the face of the earth. Now, I'm I'm just going to stop. And it was a lot of people on the earth. But it says that he was very meek, more than all the people who lived on the face of the earth. Now, you know what? That's something right there. If you're so meek and humble before the Lord that you're more meek than anybody on the earth. What is meekness? Meekness is essentially an attitude or quality of heart whereby a person is willing, willing, willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and the desire of somebody else. And in this instance, to the will and desire of God. So we have to be humble and meek. What does it mean? And, and it, it, to accept instructions without existence, that means whatever God says, I'm going to do it. Whatever he says, I'm going to do it whether I understand it or not, whether it makes sense or not, I'm going to do it. And our will literally has to be broken in order to be able to submit to God's will. Because our will is, it will fight God's will every time because we are flesh. And we have to allow the Lord to break our will. And how do we know when our will is broken to the point that we say, not my will, but thine be done. It is when his will is our will. It is when no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. It is when it don't matter if people see me or not. I'm still going to obey and do what God called me to do. It means that no matter where, you know, if nobody sees me do anything, I'm good to be in the back doing what I do. My will don't matter. His will matters. And when we get it twisted is when we want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to be attached to people, we want people to be attached to us so that they can give us the attaboys, a pat on the back, and oh, you did good. But God says, my will be done. So we have to get our will out of the way. And then we have to allow his strength to be perf- made perfect in our weakness. When you think you're weak, you are strong in him. So we also have to accept and submit and many times we want to don't want to accept and submit because our flesh want to have it its way i want it my way and if it ain't my way it ain't no way how many of us have said that it's either my way or the highway no it's his way and his way alone so to accept and submit literally means lord i'm gonna do whatever you call me to do Lord, I'm like um, Sister Gloria was saying, she didn't want to get up early and pray, but the Lord was beckoning her. The Lord was dealing with her about getting up. Her will wanted to lay down. Her flesh wanted to lay down and, and sleep and rest and, you know, enjoy that sweet sleep. But the Lord says, I have need of you at 1 a.m. 
I need you to get up and begin to pray and intercede and allow me to dig up some things out of your spirit. Because let me tell you something. The enemy is good at allowing you to live like you're living with stuff in you. And then he will get you in front of somebody and blow you up. Better get it out now while the getting is good. Amen. So when we fully submit to God, we don't question him. We begin to question God. There's a resistance that literally begins to build up in our spirit. I'm going to say that again. When you begin to question God, when we begin to question God and what he's saying, we literally begin to build up a resistance in our spirit. And we begin to become leery of God's will for our lives because we may not understand what he's saying or doing or we may not have a point of reference. You know, I, I think about when I say point of reference, it just made me think about something I had never had lamb before. And I went to this uh, Euro shop, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try some lamb. It looked like beef. I guess it's good. And when I ate it, when I bit into that piece of lamb, I said, it don't taste like nothing I've ever eaten before. I had no point. It was too soft, and it just had this taste to it that I was not familiar with. Now, everybody that was with me, oh, lamb is so good. It's wonderful. And I'm like, I don't like that. Carve me off some beef or some chicken or something and put in that gyro. But the lamb, I had no point of reference. And that's how we have to trust God. Even though we don't have a point of reference for what he's doing in our lives, we still have to trust him. We got to trust him. And it, so it becomes hard to, upset, excuse me, to accept and submit to God without resistance because many people let their intellect get in the way. I'm going to let my smarts get in the way because, you know, intellectually speaking, this can't truly happen. A leg can't grow back. An eye that's blind can't pop open. That is not, you know, that just can't happen. With God, all things are possible. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So what happens is, in all actuality, when you begin to question God and begin to mull over in your mind that God can't do this, you open the door to a mind-blinded spirit. And mind-blinding spirits try to attack our minds in a place of fear, stress, anxiety, depression, mental illness, and more. And these spirits are potent, and they literally try to keep a people in the place of defeat. That's what the enemy wants you to do. If he can get you off target, off your square, out of the word, out of prayer, he's done his job. And then your mind will be opened up to all this foolishness, as Gloria say, foolishness. <laughs> Bunch of foolishness. And, you know, another thing that happens, a people will take on a victim mentality. What is a victim mentality? The whole world is trying to set me up. I never did nothing wrong, but did you see how they're looking at me? I'm always right. I know I'm right. But everybody up in here trying to set me up because they don't like me. Victim mentality. Get rid of it. When you have a mind-blinding spirit, it's going to keep you from hearing your leader. It'll keep you angry. Have you ever felt or knew, known someone that said, I'm just so angry? Why is that? Where is that anger and frustration coming from? It's coming out of a, your spirit. And God wants to deliver you from that. The enemy wants to keep you passive and stagnant, no prayer time in the word, no praise and worship in your spiritual walk. God, the enemy just wants to keep you stagnated in that place so you can't move forward. That is his job. But what is our job? To move forward. Amen? 
And he also wants to keep you rejected. In Ephesians 1, 6, it says, To the praise and the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. See, God has already accepted us. We're not rejects. God has already accepted us, but the enemy through that spirit wants us to think that God don't love us, that he's rejected us. He wants to keep you frustrated. He wants to keep you in fear so you can't hear the word. So, you you know, this whole um, situation, I'll say for, you know, I'm talking about the, the C situation. That whole situation that's been going on for more than a year now, it's brought about a massive spirit of fear that people don't even want to come to church. People don't even want to go to the store. I mean, thank God for Uber Eats and all them because I use them quite frequently. But hey, you know, don't judge me. <laughs> But people don't even want to go to the store or Harley or anything. Why? Because a spirit of fear has come upon the land and I refuse to be part of fear mongering. I'm going to tell you that God says in his word in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us what? A spirit of fear, but power, love, and what? A sound mind. That's it right there. Is your mind sound? If your mind ain't sound, that means ain't enough for this right here in it. Because you believe in everything everybody else is saying and not the word. Because the word is what's going to deliver us, heal us, and set us free. And lies are behind the mind-blinded spirits that will also have you think the worst. Apostle was talking about uh, vain imaginations either last week or a couple weeks ago. When that mind-blinded spirit gets attached to your mind, you will literally have vain imaginations and false scenarios, empty thoughts, empty words. You know, I was thinking about that false scenario. See, the enemy can so get in your mind and begin to speak lies. And every time you hear something that does not line up with the word of God, we need to cast it down immediately. Otherwise, it's going to become the playground of the enemy. Now, I'm just going to share this with you all. Uh, my family was going through something a couple of years ago and I was so distraught and hurt and just crying. And I was like, oh God, deliver my family, deliver this situation, that situation. Man, before I know it, I had planned a whole funeral. I was sitting up at the funeral in my mind crying. Nobody was dead or even close to it. But the enemy has so got in my thoughts and the what ifs. And that mind-blinding spirit tried to literally attack me in my head. I got tissues and crying and, and tripping. And, oh, God. And then I shook myself and said, wait a minute. I have power in the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I had to literally shake my mind loose and say, you know what? This is a bunch of foolishness, as Sister Gloria said. I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to decree and declare what I want to see happen. See, the enemy, if he can get in your mind, if he can get in your head, you will have, all, you will have a whole movie in your head. And God ain't even in that movie. Thoughts will plague your mind and tell you things that are contrary to the word of God, making you believe that the worst is going to happen. So I speak right now that the best is yet to come. I don't care what the enemy say. I don't care what's going on. According to my Bible, it says that I come that you might have what? Life. What? 
Are you sure that's what the Bible says? It says, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That means that anything that tries to come against me, I'm going to refuse it by the power and authority of God that I have because I'm a kingdom citizen. I belong to God. So life and life more abundantly does not mean half a life. It don't mean a quarter of a life. It don't mean... 99.999% of a life, it means abundant life. You know what? I believe in walking in the overflow. When I get up in the morning, I say, God, I thank you for life and life more abundantly. And, you know, God will give us that. We'll have what we say. So I'm not going to be walking around here talking about what everybody else talking about, the little C thing. I'm going to call it the little C thing because Jesus' name is above every name. Amen? So whatever comes to attack us in the physical, Jesus has already dealt with that on the cross. We just have to believe it. We got to receive it. And we got to know that it's already. And I'm talking about COVID. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we are blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed when we come. We're blessed when we go. So why is it that we are living beneath our kingdom authority and what God has said we can have? Why is that? When, you know, I look at the word of God, it says my whole household is blessed and I'm not coming down off of that. My children are blessed. You know what that means? When it says my children are blessed, it literally means that they have the kingdom of God in their heart. Now, you know what? I don't care what it looked like right now. Because if the Bible says my whole household shall be saved and that my children are blessed, that means the kingdom of God is in their heart. They just don't know it yet. But they're going to know. Why? Because the Bible says if you train up a child in the way they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. So I don't care what it looks like right now. My children will serve the Lord. My children are serving the Lord. Let's put it like that. Do you agree today? See, we're not going to focus on what our natural eyes see with our family, our children, our friends. We're going to begin to speak those things as not as though they were, which means you speak them in the here and now, not in the future tense, the past tense, but in the now tense. My children are healed. My children are saved. They are walking with you. My family do know you. We put it in the now, amen, in the here and now. <laughs> so if we're submitting to God for real, for real, we can literally resist the enemy and he will flee. He'll flee from your mind, <laughs> but you got to resist. Second Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after what? The flesh. <laughs> For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing. Everybody say every high thing. When you look in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, there were high places uh, that were built. There had altars that were erected to worship idol. And people were erecting these altars and they were worshiping idols. And the idol worship uh, worshipers literally thought that their God was higher than our God. Remember Dagon, the fish god? <laughs> in 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 5, uh, we know that the ark was taken into captivity 
And every place that that ark was taken, it was a breakout of some sort, and it wasn't a good breakout. <laughs> One of the breakouts was hemorrhoids. <laughs> that always cracks me up, but, you know, it wasn't funny to them. But when I read about them hemorrhoids, I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, that was serious. So Ashdod is where Dagon was. And when the glory, when the Ark of the Covenant was taken into captivity after, you know, what happened with Eli, he lost, lost that. And, and one thing I want to back up and say right quick, you know, Moses had Aaron as, I mean, Moses had uh, Joshua as his successor and um, Eli's successor was Zadok. Now, the funny part about that is Zadok, you know, if Eli would have done right, the priesthood, that lineage would have ran on down through his line. Because he wouldn't discipline his sons and he was letting them do everything, he lost the priesthood. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. And then also the, the Ark of the Covenant went to Gath. And that city was smoked with a great destruction, both men, great and small. And they're the ones that had the emeralds or the hemorrhoids in their secret parts. And then it went to Ekron. And Ekron, they started literally screaming and crying out, Oh, no, don't bring the Ark here. Don't bring it here. Because they had already heard what the power of God would do when that glory was in the wrong place. How many of us are carrying the glory to the wrong place? How many of us are going to places that God didn't say go and we just going there trying to put God to the test and if God didn't say go there, stay home. You and your glory, stay home. Get in your secret place. Hallelujah. So what is the high thing that you're lifting up in your life today? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it unbelief? Is it the issue of wanting to be right up here? You don't want to be up here because you're going to go through some stuff to get up here. You're going to go through some show enough stuff, and it is, it's not just 30, 45 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's a seven-day-a-week thing. It's a praying. It's some fasting. It's some denying yourself. It's getting up in the middle of the night. It's, it's a lot that goes into being a pastor more than what we see on a Sunday morning. Is it the fear? Why won't we submit totally to God and let everything go? Is it the fear that your family will leave you or forsake you if you totally submit to God? Is it the fear of losing your boo if you totally submit to God? Is it the fear of being alone? You don't have to fear being alone because the Bible says, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Never. You know, people can be in a house where folk can be alone. And then the scripture goes on and says, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And the key scripture says in Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you <clears throat> pastors according to my own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So anything that's coming against the word of God in our lives, God will literally help our leader if we want to be helped. Our leader will help us with understanding. And what apostle teaches is she teaches the word. Why? So that we can literally understand what God is saying in that hour. Hallelujah. It also goes on that scripture says we have to bring into captivity every thought to what? The obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. So that means that we literally have to be obedient to God and everything that is disobedient in our lives, the door is going to be shut to it. It's going to be uprooted when? When our obedience is fulfilled. Not half obedience. Not 
I'm going to obey just a little bit because this right here make me feel good. But over here, I'm not going to obey right here because, you know, that's, that's my little, my little private area that, that I just shrink back to every time I don't really fully believe God. But God is saying when your obedience is fulfilled, if you resist the enemy, he will flee from your marriage. But you got to resist. If you resist the enemy, he will flee from your home. But you have to resist. This is why we need pastors after the heart of God. I've been in a lot of churches. I've seen a lot of stuff going on over the years. And I tell you what. I can truly say that the pastors over this house are true. And they are real. And they're serious about kingdom business. They're interceding and praying for God's perfect will, and they're steadfast and unmovable. They're always in abounding in the work of the Lord. How many, you know, I'm just going to say, a few years back before I even moved here, I was in, I think it was Champaign, Illinois, and I was doing a revival at the church, and Apostle, as soon as I walked in the church, it was cloudy. I mean, it was like I couldn't see. I was like... Is something wrong with my eyes? And I wasn't even thinking about the spiritual aspect of what was going on. But it was so cloudy. It was ridiculous. I was like, man, I can't hardly uh, get to my seat. And so when I got up to the pulpit, I began to speak. But then the Lord started speaking about what was going on in the house. It was a lot going on in the house. And I'm not going to you know, divulge everything that God said to me, but it was so much stuff going on. I told the evangelist that was there, I said, this, this church is not going to be open too much longer because there's too much going on. And I wanted to share with the pastor what the Lord was showing me, but before I could get to him and him and his wife, they were gone. It was, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. But so to be in a place where God's power is moving and we're sitting under real leaders, that are true about God and are serious about the kingdom, we don't need to be going nowhere right about now. I'm going to say that again. We don't need to be going nowhere right about now because you walk out, yawn, yawn. Thank God for grace and mercy, but I don't want to take that chance. Amen? We don't want to take the chance of leaving where God has placed us for such a time as this to go somewhere else and the house is full of garbage and drama. Stay where God has planted you. Hallelujah. When you look at Joshua, and I'm wrapping it up. When you look at Joshua, Joshua was crossing the Jordan into a territory that God had promised to give Abraham 400 years ago. So it don't matter how long you have to wait on your promise. Wait. It will come to pass. God had delivered them from Egypt, and now they were going into the promised land. And, you know, when the, the Lord was saying, he told Joshua, arise and go over, the, the, over this Jordan. And again, as I said before, to lead a people and hear from God and intercede for the people, it's a heavy assignment. It's not one to uh, make light of. So they were being led into a territory that they had never, ever been in. Now, remember that the people that were going into the promised land, their parents had all died off in the wilderness. They didn't know how to fight. They didn't know nothing except we're going to follow Joshua over into this promised land. So not only did he have the responsibility of getting them to where God wanted them to be, he also had to teach them how to fight. 
That's what Apostle and Brother James are doing with us now. They are teaching us to fight what? The good fight of faith. They're teaching us to get into the word and pray and, and intercede and, and spend time with God and, you know, use the word of God as our sword. That's how we're going to win this battle, with the word of God. And we get that every week. One of the things that Apostle told us, literally, with the help of the Lord, before COVID hit, she said, something is coming. Prepare yourself. What did Joshua say in first, uh, Joshua 1.11? He said, prepare your victuals. Get ready because we're about to move. And it's been, it was said to us a whole year before COVID hit. Get into the word. Fortify yourself. Seek God where he may be found. Develop your relationship with him. Get in the secret place with the Almighty. The same thing Joshua was doing with the children of Israel when he was preparing to cross over the Jordan, our pastor has been doing with us. They are preparing us for what is to come. And it's a lot coming. And I would say, do as the man and woman God tells us to do. Get in your word. Get in prayer. Turn off the TV. Get in worship. Seek God while he yet may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Forsake all that unrighteousness and be on fire for God. That's my message. Awesome message, amen? Amen. Amen. I know everybody's ready to go, so I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done doing this part of the appreciation for me and my husband. It has truly been a joy, the words of encouragement, the songs, the dance. God is just so awesome. But what got me mostly was seeing you allowing God to do something with you through these songs because it's not about us it's about him so for these songs to touch you and to help you get to the place you need to be that's what brings joy to my heart for the word of God to encourage you to get you to the place where you need to be that's more than the money because what I look at if God have me up here teaching you and I see the life you're living according to what's being taught, that means more to me than anything you can give me because I see the change in you through the word that's coming through this house. And the funny thing about that is I went um, out yesterday with um, some people I'm not familiar with going out with, but we had a nice time. We were invited. And I was sitting with Brother Mitch so and his wife, and we sitting there talking and the fellowship was good, but all of a sudden, I heard this loud rumbling come through the speakers, and Mitch was laughing at me, because I guess he seen my eyes bulk like this, and I'm trying to get out the seat as fast as I can to find an exit. So upon getting up, my son was laughing at me, and Quisha May was laughing at me, because Jeremy said, Mama. Quisha just said, your mama is going to come up out of here before I can even come around the corner. I was coming around the corner. So it's good to know that people know you, that they know how you are and what you do. What am I saying to you, church? Some of the people you hang around, when you do what they do, 
that's what they look for you to do. But when they know your lifestyle and what you don't put up with, they already know what you're going to do, and they don't take offense because you do it all the time. Not just one time trying to be a hypocrite, a play actor, but they know your lifestyle. So I give God glory that people know who I am and they know what I'm going to do before I do it. Not because I'm trying to put on an act, but that's just who I am for him. I'm not letting anything contaminate where I am with God. I'm not letting any words or any music get into my head where I'm thinking about that more than I'm thinking about him. So I'm up and out because I don't want this quick as I can get up and out. I'm getting up and out. And that's what we're supposed to do. I don't care who you with, family or whoever it is. When you're in a place with God, you don't have to wait. You just move. It's not about having friends. It's about knowing who you are now that you're in him. And one thing that I have learned is we need to quit judging people by natural. We judge according to the spirit. Nobody know what a person go through. Nobody know what a person is doing in their home. The only way you're going to know it is through the Holy Spirit. Just because you see them doing certain things, you have to say, God, show me the heart. Show me what you want me to see, not what I'm judging by. Because I want to tell you something. God will use whomever he choose to do what he need to have done. And I'm going to tell you something. I enjoyed the dances. I enjoyed Siobhan's dance. But let me tell you what touched me. Not that Siobhan's didn't touch me. But when I seen Quisha May. See, I'm going to say this. You don't know. You don't know. When I seen her up here, I said, thank you, Jesus. Because you don't know what God is doing or how he's doing it. So what we need to do is turn our hearts towards him and turn it off towards what we feel or what we think. Amen? Because you don't know. Amen? So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and we love you. Amen. the thumbs up. That may leave me alone. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to take a minute and see if there's anybody else that have something to say before we close it out. We don't want you to go with something in your heart that you need to get out. Okay. You know it's in your heart. And if it's, uh-oh, Mr. Elijah. Come on, Brother Elijah. Come on, Papa Elijah. Come on. You know you can talk all you want, but you can't say what I want to say. Thank God Almighty. I'm telling you the truth. When I look around and say 21 years, seemed just like yesterday. I was sitting there with that thing about when my daughter, a pastor, was preaching, carrying her child in Calcahane. You remember that? Long time ago, carrying her child. 
I said, Lord, give us strength. I was sitting over there, Lord, give us strength. I didn't know how to say that. He already had to give us strength because he sent her there. A lot of times we be talking out our head and don't even know. But I thank God that I've seen him grow up in this church, move on out to college and different places, and the one that she was carrying is a nurse now. Isn't that something? Now, I'm telling you, you got to think about that. That's, we call it a small thing, but that's great things. I think I look around and see in the family, and this is family, people. A lot of people think or talk about your immediate family, and I am going to talk about my immediate family. I don't care what nobody say. I love them. I love you all as the family of God. Then I look around and I seen Squeeze out here dancing and it touched me. As the apostle said, it touched me. Because it, some people are ashamed. But you ain't, you know, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Good gracious in the morning. Then I look around and see Dr. Sheikah. Dr. Sheikah. Come on now. My wife used to, my wife used to keep her. She'd stay with us, and she'd jump up in the bed, a little something like that. I love you, jokers. That's what she would say as a little girl. But now that let me know I'm getting old. It let me know I'm still in good shape. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I believe in looking way back at where I come from. Because God knows if you look at where you're at now, you're going to miss the boat. You got to look back. Them days where you come from, you thought you couldn't make it. Boy, it was tough. You thought you were going to get fired on your job. Some of you did. But I'll tell you what, we made it. We are here. And since this COVID-19 come around, people, a lot of my friends, classmates, co-workers is gone. But when I see the one that's here, I grab him. I said, man, I ain't seen you in a couple of months. I wouldn't tell him I thought he was gone. But the thing of it is, you glad to see people now. Be glad to see people. Get that pride off your mouth and all that. And I look around at my daughter and her husband. You know I love them. I do. Because I know they've seen some tough times. Old guy right there, sit right there, quiet. He help her. They might disagree, but they're here. You remember when that movie Old for Winfrey's made? Huh? I'm here. I'm black, but I'm here. So that's what we ought to say. We're here. We ain't worrying about what nobody got, this and that and got and other. Because I seen me and there's Go down in that ground. I've seen them tote the Pope around a whole month. Listen to me now. They tore the Pope around a whole month. Show them. Y'all remember that? Tore it around. But they put him in the ground. That body. The word said absent from the body and present with the Lord. If he wasn't absent... God knows they told him around enough, but I don't know why I, well, he was the present with the Lord or not, but they sure cared. I ain't trying to throw off on nobody, but I'm telling you all, serve the Lord. 
Don't be ashamed. I don't care what nobody say. Stick to what's right. You won't have friends. Sometimes you know I want to be alone. Has anybody ever been like that? Not that you think you're better than nobody else or no more than nobody else, but sometimes you want to be alone. Just as Jeremy used to say when he was a little boy like that, the tink ting's over. <laughs> That's right. You want to be where you can think. You can't think every time you look, you're in a crowd. You know one time, this been about six, eight months ago. I woke up to come to church here. And I thought thinking about the old time religion. I thought thinking about my mama, my daddy, my wife. And do you know I just got out of my mind? I was completely out. Just crying in the house. Thinking about the goodness of the Lord. I said, Lord, have mercy. My daughter called me and said, you coming to church? She didn't know I was in church. God knows I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you. Time brings on a change. I seen the time I wouldn't think about no church. And I ain't coming here because my daughter is the pastor and the apostle. I'm coming here because I know where he brought me from. I know. Because I used to be a mess. Not a small mess, a big mess, a hidden mess, secret mess, whatever you want to call it. But God delivered me from that, people. And the same with God and the same way he delivered me, he'll deliver each and every one of us. Now, don't worry about, am I saved as this lady? Am I saved as this man? Don't worry about that. Be like the turtle and the rabbit. They had a race. You know a turtle can outrun no rabbit. My great-grandmama told us this before she died, the same night she died. They had a race. And the rabbit looked and said, Mr. Turtle, you know you can't beat me. They started the race. The old turtle rabbit took off. Boom! He got just for the finish line and he stopped. Mr. Turtle kept right on coming. When he got by the rabbit, he didn't wake him up. He kept right on coming. Slow but sure. And got to the finish line, he rest. The rabbit woke up. Said, where's Mr. Turtle? But I know he's back there. He can't beat me. So he skidded on up to the finish line. Mr. Turtle was sitting there. See, so he looked over there and said, Mr. Turtle, how in the world did you beat me? He said, I'm slow, but I'm sure. That's the way we got to be. Don't try to keep up with everybody else, because you don't know what everybody else is doing. Just do what you're supposed to do. And that's right. We got a God that's in us that teaches us of all things, in the truth and not a lie. That's what he's told us. So we got somebody that'll teach us. If pastors say, I won't be here till next year, God sent me to Africa. Hope she don't go, especially on a plane. If God tell her that, is all y'all going to Africa? That's what we need to put his spirit in you to do right. Some of you done shook his head and said, no, you ain't going to where them Zulus at. That's right. That's when you'll know that you know that you know. That's what we need to put the spirit in us. 
to teach us of all things. Wake us up. Yes, he got good pastors. She one of them. You think I'm going to say she's a bad pastor? She my daughter? No, I'm not. But you've got to follow the spirit that's in you. We all know. As that parent said, you know. You know what you are. So when you walk through that door, you know. You can't fool nobody. You can't even fool yourself now. You sure can't. I'm a, I know I'm a bishop. Who you is, Bishop Tulu? I don't know you. But through Christ, you will know. See? My name is Elijah Walker. They call me Ski. Some call me Skibo. I don't care what you call me. I'm going to do the will of God now. When he touched me, I said, enough is enough. That's who I am. When my wife left me, I know I talk to a lot of people, I know we're going, and I'm going to sit down. She couldn't say, Elijah, come go with me. She was out from the bar and present with the Lord. So it's up to me now. Not my daughter. Not my son-in-law. Not y'all. It's up to me. I'm telling you. We can fool ourselves for a while. Do you know it takes more energy to put on to do the, this, do the real thing? I don't believe in faking. Not me, Lord, not me. If you want me to fake, you better not call me for no action because I ain't going to fake. I'm just an old joker, just who I am. You see me tomorrow in the same way. If I got something to say to you, call you behind the scene. I'm going to tell you. I ain't going to go behind your back and talk about you. Because that is a sin. The Bible said, love you one another. Didn't it? I think it's in, not Col- Colossians, 1 Thessalonians. It said, support the weak. Comfort the fever mind. Be patient with all men. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's what we're supposed to do. Look back. And then it said in one scripture, examine yourself, Elijah. I ain't going to say examine yourself, apostle. He told me to examine myself. Then you can look out and tell somebody else what to do. You can't tell nobody. I can't tell nobody if I put off these glasses and look way back there. I don't know who, who back there. Ah, who that back there? Look that cloudy looking. But you can wipe your glasses off. You can see. Your glasses I'm talking about now. My glass, the largest glass. I ain't talking about your glass. That's what we got to get in our hearts and our minds, people. To love one another. Oh, he drinks. She drinks. What you do? What, what do you do? You drink more than water, too. I used to drink that good stuff. Had me just as crazy as I don't know what. And I thought I was the smartest thing I ever was. Now the biggest fool I've ever seen. I think it's in Proverbs 20. Trying f- strong drinks are raging. Whoever drinks of is not wise. What's the opposite of wise? Foolish. Now, if you take up the Bible, did say, have a little wine for summer's sake. We got to get this thing right. You get your fearful wine, sit down and drink it, you're going to get drunk. You can talk all you want. It says, sit for summer's sake, let your little food go down. 
He didn't sell glass and then a quart and then a jar. Because you're going to get drunk. That's going to be like them Calico Bay days. Isn't that right, Calico, right there? Yeah. You didn't come out a sip of wine. You sitting there, you know you's a drunk, a slush. Man, you ain't give me enough. Give me a glass full. Let's, if you ever own the truth, if you ever own the truth, you can go. But if you don't own the truth, you won't make it. And so I thank God for the church these 21 years. I thank God for my daughter, my son-in-law there. I know him. I know him. I'm just going to sit up here and tell you nothing wrong about him. I know him. I know her folks should know herself. I know him. When he was a little boy, he might not think I know him. I know him. But now, God changes things. And prayer changes things, people. Why? Because it changes you. One person at a time. If you call back 20, 30 years ago and say, is that Elijah up there talking? Oh, he ain't worth five cents. You be telling the truth. I wouldn't get mad at you or you'd be telling the truth. But now you can say anything you want to say about Elijah. I'm on my way. And I ain't going to let nothing stop me either. Sure ain't. So I say it enough. So we'll give it to the next person that want to talk. I love to talk. Especially talking about the Lord. Now I tell you, just like God love it. Come on, Jeremy. You're going to tink things over. I had a lot to say, but I think my granddaddy covered it about this COVID-19. But um, I'd like to thank God for my parents in this church and um, many more years. anything planned to say but I just want you all to know that I love you and I appreciate you and I thank you for all of your prayers um, just I've learned so much from being in this church even you know since I was little um, just your teachings have helped me so much because the enemy is always speaking in our mind always speaking and if we put the word in us, the word is there too, speaking. But we have to discern what the difference is, whether it's the enemy or if it's true or not. And one thing I thank God for is just the word and being able to counter the things that the enemy puts in our minds. And like Uncle Skeet always says, it's a daily walk. It's a, it's a daily thing. But I just thank God for being in this church and also seeing you and, you know, so many others as a role model um, and being able to know, which for me, I've always kind of walked to the beat of my own drum and have done my own thing. Um, but still just knowing that it's, it's okay to be different and let, and it's okay to try and do the right thing 
you might lose people or um, you might not be able to do everything that it's okay because God, you know, when God is with you, that that's the only thing that matters. It becomes, it becomes the only thing that matters. So I just, I thank God for you because even watching your life, it shows that that, that, that whole idea of what I just said, you make that a reality. Like just being able to see you as a role model. And I know I thank God because I want my goal, I want my life to be a reflection of my heart. And I think with you, that's one thing I see too. Like your, your life is a reflection of, of your heart, the heart that you have for God. Because after everything is over, you know, and I feel like when all is said and done for each one of our lives, it's not about, you know, nobody has to, and I've heard people say this before, preach your funeral like your life does that for you. And that the, the preaching is just there for people to get them saved, you know, and, and bringing them into, into um, the, to Christ, bring them to Christ. But I just, again, I love both of you. I thank you for everything you do. Uh, we all do. We love you. Do you want to say something? No? Okay. Okay. Amen. I'm not going to be long because I know I didn't put my name down, Sister Denise. <laughs> but um, this is y'all's day and can't sit here. I'm like Brother Elijah. Oh, my God. Um, as your, your day, I would just sit here, you know, being under ministry for so many years and how the Lord has used you, um, and brother James in, uh, great ways in me and Rick's life. Thank God for, you know, take you for granted. Um, thank God. Like I'm just, she, I have nothing planned. So I'm speaking from my heart. I'm trying not to be up here at Ramble. Okay. <laughs> but, um. I thank God for for you, a, a woman and man after God's own heart, um, because so much is out here, and and at this day and time, in these end, end times, you really got to know those who labor among you. And I thank God for your you have you a woman after God's own heart. You love the Lord, you love the Word, um, you hear from Him. You need somebody that's going to hear God, not somebody that's just. You know, just it's so much out here, so much going on. Everybody don't hear God. Everybody's not seeking God, but you seek him. And you don't move until you hear from him. And I thank God for you. And you, you just steadfast and unmovable, always about in the works of the Lord. And, and uh, you know, Brother James, a mighty man of God, you know, these people who, who love the Lord. Um, and um, that, that's great. That, I mean, that, I, can't, I can't express, but I praise God for your life. You live a life poured out. And I think about, um, Paul, how you just pour your life out like a drink offering. You're all about God's business. And um, I thank God for how you're there for Rick and I and through over the years, hard things, you know, um, that we have encountered. Um, I could call you through losing loved ones and even going through with my husband losing his vision. And um, that I thank God for you being there, giving the word of wisdom. I ask you what, you know, when we got the um, news that his vision was going and God gave you the word of wisdom, you, I said, what, what are we going to do? You said his grace is sufficient. And his grace has been sufficient. It's been sufficient and always will be sufficient. 
And you're believing God with us for a miracle. And I thank God for, for both of y'all. You know, you're friends too. Not only are you our pastors, but you're our friend. You know, Jesus was a friend. You're a friend of ours. And uh, we thank God for you. We love you. Amen. Speak now or forever hold your peace. All right. It's a miracle. <laughs> it is a miracle. Because <laughs> um, I was just sitting back there and during the service and as the music and stuff was playing, I was thinking back over my life and where the Lord has bought me from. And I think about the church that I used to go to, even though I don't go there anymore, I still thank the Lord for that church because they did lay the foundation. That's where I learned about Jesus and the Lord. And I thought about when I came here, and I have to be thankful for all the teachings and all the love and everything you both show because... I, my life is a product of that. You know, I've learned so much um, just about myself, the Lord, how I should act, you know, through all of the teachings, through the strongholds in my life, dealing with the rejection and everything. And I just know that the teachings and the love that y'all showed really helped me in my life. I mean, me and Manny is about to celebrate our 12th anniversary of marriage. It's no way me, Julia, would have made it this far without the teachings and the Lord. And Manny always say, you love me, you love me, or whatever. I do love him, but I always say, I, I know that I love you because I love the Lord. He is the reason why I'm able to love you like I am and... I just want to leave him sometimes, to be honest with you. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I love my husband. And, but I say that to say this right here is that when you was asking the question in Bible study about the women, the man, the woman, man cheating on the woman and all of that, like it's because they don't have a relationship with the Lord. They don't know who they are as in the Lord. Because no matter how mad I get at him, I never think about leaving my husband. Like, I want to stay married. We're going to make it through this. And I'm saying all this to say, and I know it's from where that I am now. So thank you all, and I love y'all. Anybody else? Okay. All right. Okay. Nobody else? Everybody good? Okay. Um, the announcements are next. Are there any announcements? Gloria, there any announcements? We good? I would just like to say that we're going to wrap up our 21st 
Apostle and Brother James appreciation next Sunday. And I just want to say I enjoyed every last bit of the service today. It was really awesome. I mean, when I saw Valerie get up, I said, Lord, she's shouting for me. She was dancing in the aisle. That's what I wanted to do because I felt so free in God. And I thank God for this church body. The house may not be packed, but what matters is the heart. And God's heart is here in us and is working through us. And we just thank God for how he used our apostle and brother James to be able to lead and guide us because God is the, is, the, is the true and only living God. And we've watched them through the years, 21 years, trusting them with no job. They gave up their job so they can live a life for him. None of us, not unless God told us, would have done something like that. Insurance, retirement, all those things that we look forward to one day to say, I'm going to retire. And they're living a life for him, and God is blessing them, and we're seeing it. We're seeing the blessings flow. And as they flow to, through them, it's flowing down onto us. It just keep going and keep going and keep going. And we just praise God for this 21st year appreciation. We thank God for everybody that participated and allowed God to use them. And we'll look forward to Sunday wrapping everything up. Thank you, and God bless. I want to say on behalf of my daughter, she can't be here this Sunday or next Sunday because of her work schedule. But I want to say that pray for the nurses, the doctors, all those that's working in these hospitals. When you really are close to someone that's a part of that and they're telling you the things that's going on, because she worked in a critical care unit for the children, the newborns. She worked 12-hour shifts. She said, sometime I only have time to go to the bathroom. That's just how critical it is. Or we don't have time to eat because we got to make sure those babies are getting whatever they need with the monitor, steady going, steady going, steady going. So this is why we should be praying not only for, you know, just family. I mean, we need to pray for everybody because they're really going through. They're really going through in these hospitals, working these long shifts, cannot take breaks to keep people stable and to keep them alive. So pray for those in the hospitals, not only there, in the prisons, wherever they may be. Lift up your voices for them as well because they're risking their lives to save someone else's. So keep people in your prayers. I'm not saying that just because it's my daughter, because regardless what other people do, God already have us doing what we need to do. So learn what the word of God is saying and learn what to pray and how to pray. So we need to lift, you know, people up in these critical um, situations. Amen. Can we have our benediction at the end?
יברכך אדוני וישמרך. יאר אדוני פניו אליך ויחונקה. יישא אדוני פניו אליך וישם לך שלום. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you